Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Hurricane Hotline. We will be with you for the next two hours talking University of Miami sports. In hour number one, Hurricanes basketball on the docket with University of Miami head coach Jim Laranega. Miami back in action tomorrow, the 28th meeting between Miami and Georgia Tech will take place at the Watsco Center. We will have that one for you tomorrow. Uh, also on the show, Don Bailey Jr. at 7.05, West Durham from Packer and Durham. We'll talk about the ACC at about 7.25, and we will wrap things up with Katie Meyer at about 7.40, 7.45 right here on the show. As I mentioned, Jim Laranega is with us. A lot of different things to talk about with Coach L. We've only had one game since our last discussion, so I've got some other topics lined up for Coach in the second segment. But, Coach, good evening to you. How are you? Hi, Joe. I'm good. How's everything? So far, so good. Uh, Georgia Tech comes into town tomorrow. Uh, how's the prep been since the Virginia game? Well, you know, we lost two games last week, and, and uh, I, you know, anytime you lose, you know, guys struggle. Uh mentally you know it's hard dealing with a loss it's great dealing with wins because guys get uh, energized they love winning they play really hard they get great results losing is a whole different animal and what we did yesterday uh, instead of having a long practice we shortened practice and then played baseball at the end of practice with a little beach ball where the guys just hit it with their open hand and we did it in the practice facility and the guys had a heck of a lot of fun. And that was the whole objective So the guys just to enjoy themselves with each other, their teammates, their friends, and they got to get back to having fun and enjoying the game. And hopefully uh, that was a good message for them. Now you've done that a couple of times in the past in hotel ballrooms, So maybe you had a little more room inside the practice facility, but it also comes at a good time. As you mentioned, it is a grind to get through it. 20-game season inside the ACC. We are in February playing high-level, important games, and you've gone up against a couple of really good uh, defensive opponents. Uh, maybe Notre Dame not by statistics, but by the way they play. And, of course, Virginia has been built on defense. Well, I thought Notre Dame, actually, this may be their best defensive team that we have faced. Uh, they played uh, both man and zone. They switched in the man-to-man. Uh, they're big. I mean, uh, 
Atkinson is 6'9", 230 pounds. Um, Leshevsky is 6'10". I mean, those guys uh, in around the basket are just a little bigger than us. And that, 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 there's a big difference there. And then, and then Virginia, they're humongous. They're, they're two five men, uh, Cafaro and Cedric. You know, they're seven feet. Uh, Cafaro must weigh 250. And Cedric's probably in the 230 category, but long and athletic jumping. And we had a very hard time containing them. And uh, Cedric had a great game, and then he played another great game last night. He went eight for eight against Duke. Yeah. But against us, he and he and Cafaro went thirteen for sixteen. So when you get that kind of production out of your your five man, that really sets the table for your your guards. And their guards, especially Franklin, he had his best game maybe of the season. I'll try to uh, not walk you down the plank on this one. It was the first time ever in an ACC game that the University of Miami did not shoot a free throw. Uh, Virginia was called for only eight fouls in the game, which um, I guess they play great defense without fouling. But you did take 50 shots. It's hard for me to believe that not, not one of the 50 shots, there wasn't contact, but you did not shoot a free throw, and that really takes a lot away from your offense. Well, it certainly does, and, you know, it- you just got to figure, hopefully, you know, things will change and maybe tomorrow we'll shoot 30 free throws. Right. Who knows? Although, if I looked at that, you know, like uh, uh, around the league, there's been a lot of games with very few free throws. So I'm not concerned about that so much, Joe. What, what I see is uh, we went through the month of December undefeated. Uh, we won 12 out of 14 games uh, between December and January. The only two losses were to Florida State, each by a single point. But what I've seen is the energy is being drained. And because we're not the most physical, we're not bulky, we don't have big bodies, that our guys are getting worn down a good bit. And what ends up happening then, that shows up at the defensive end of the floor, where teams are able to score more frequently on us, especially near the basket. And on offense, we're, we're, we didn't shoot the ball very well. If you look at us statistically going into the uh, Virginia game, we were shooting 40% from three. We were the number one three-point percentage shooting team in the league. And we went 0 for our first 10. And you'd say, well, maybe Virginia played great defense. No, those shots were wide open. The guys got good shots. We moved the ball very well. But some nights the ball goes in, and some nights it doesn't. And against Virginia, it certainly did not. I was going to get to, uh, you put together a really good plan. You showed the team a plan that has worked effectively against Virginia in the past. You talked to them about getting Virginia, stretching them out, uh, getting to a three-on-two situation, getting guys in the corners for three-point shots. As you mentioned, I thought your ball movement was pretty good, but the basket uh, seemed to have a lid on it. Well, I think, you know, shooting is, first of all, rhythm, confidence, uh, shot selection. And I think in all of those, those three categories, we did a great job. 
Isaiah Wong's first three-pointer was absolutely wide open. Jordan Miller's first three-pointer was absolutely wide open. And and when you get open looks and don't make them, that's where where it's tough because against Virginia, it's very hard to get wide open shots. And uh, they showed what they're capable of doing. They went on the road yesterday at Duke and beat Cameron, uh, beat Duke in Cameron Indoor Stadium. Uh, and here's here's the funny part about it: they beat Duke on a three pointer. Hmm. They were one for eleven before that shot from three point land. Right. So how do you how do you explain that? Yeah. A team that's shooting less than ten percent shoots a three for the win and makes it. And quite frankly, Joe, that's college basketball. The three pointer is such a huge part of the game right now that teams get hot and teams get cold. You see it in the NBA all the time, too. Yeah, Beekman hit the three with about seven-tenths of a second left against Duke. I want to talk to you about uh, a part of that game later in the show. Um, in your game against Virginia, I thought one of the big uh, swings in the game was right at the end of the first half. You were almost within striking distance, and then they hit you. I think it was a five-nothing run right at the end of the half. Franklin hit a three, and that, that one, uh, that stretched their lead to the biggest of the game. Uh, that seemed to really hurt. Well, we were only down four. We missed a shot. They scored to, to put it up to six, then nailed a three to put it up to nine to end the half. A bad way to end the half. And as I said, you, you know, when you're on the road and you're playing a team that's playing very well at home, uh, and the crowd is going crazy for them, you really have to show your poise. You really have to play cool, calm, and collected. You've got to execute your game plan, and you've got to make some shots. And unfortunately, uh, against Virginia, we, we just didn't make our shots. Uh, that sets up uh, the next matchup uh, tomorrow for you against Georgia Tech. You, be, you played them about 10 days ago. Uh, led them just about wire to wire, but they're coming off a victory, and uh, you know they're going to be ready to go. Well, here's here's the difference in uh, playing them the second time around. When we first played them at their place, they were using some subs and getting some good good playing time from subs, but they were really really relying on Michael Devoe and Jordan Usher to be their leaders. Those were their go-to guys. Those were the guys that scored the most points. In our game, their subs came in off the bench and played well, and since then, they've been playing better and better. In fact, when they beat Clemson the other day, their bench scored more points than their starters. The bench scored 37 out of the thirty, out of the sixty-nine points. So when you when you see that, you know those guys off the bench are are, are going to play with a tremendous amount of confidence, knowing they're going to get a lot of playing time, and knowing that they're shooting the ball extremely well. And our bench needs to step up and help us in that same fashion, because when Anthony Walker, Bensley Joseph, and Wooga Poplar uh, really contribute at the offensive end, we become a much better basketball team. 
And I can go all the way back to when we played at Penn State and we had a couple of guys get in foul trouble, including Charlie Moore. And Bensley Joseph came in and ran the team and did a great job. Wooga Poplar came in and hit some shots. Anthony Walker got in there and made some shots. And we ended up, you know, uh, in the ACC Big Ten Challenge winning a terrific road game. But because it was a total team effort, the guys off the bench made great contributions. Yeah, to that to that extent, you, you look at your game against Notre Dame where Anthony Walker had 12 points and eight rebounds, even against Georgia Tech. He had seven points and three rebounds. He gets shut out against Virginia. Wuga, Poplar, even the game against uh, Duke, he was, I think, your leading rebounder. He had eight rebounds in that game. So there was a contribution, maybe not points, but rebounds. Uh, in the Virginia game, you had six points from your bench. Does that become a, a confidence issue with the guys coming off the bench? Um, I, I'd say maybe in part. What, what really is happening is that when the guys get in there, they want to do so well, they put some pressure on themselves, and what you end up doing is making mistakes rather than doing well. They actually need to just play really hard on defense, spend all their time defending and rebounding, and let the offense come to them. Don't try to force things. Take the open shot. Make the open shot. Make the open pass, hit the open man. Because against Georgia Tech, uh, Joe, you know what they try to do defensively. And they try to steal the ball. Yeah. They're trying to guess and they play passing lanes. They try to get deflections and steals constantly. In their win over Clemson, they forced 18 turnovers. And we can't afford that. Even though we had a bunch of turnovers against them at their place, we need to do a better job this time. I wanted to ask you about Cam Mcgusty. He's had nine 20-point games. He had 21 against Virginia. He came back for the extra year. You like being around guys that are positive, that have a certain bring a joy to the game. It seems to me that this extra year for Cam has been very beneficial. Well, I think Cam has benefited from the experience. You know, first of all. He is a primary go-to guy. He's our leading scorer. He gets a lot of shots. He gets a lot of touches. He's relied upon in close games to produce. And he's been able to do that. He's played with a tremendous amount of confidence. But he's getting worn down. And we need to get him some valuable rest. And that means Wooga or Bensley have to come in. And hopefully early in the game tomorrow night, and give us some, some solid production so Cam can have some energy in the second half because we've been kind of wearing him out in the first half. Yeah, And I mentioned it from an offensive standpoint. By the way, uh, he went over 1,000 career points for the University of Miami, but he is also drawing a lot of times the assignment defensively of the other team's best scorer, right? He sure is. He had a guard Franklin the other day. He's got a guard DeVoe tomorrow. Uh, he's he's a good defender, but what helps him is when everybody is engaged defensively, that everybody is locked in because we rely very heavily on team defense, not just individual defense. DeVoe might not be having the same kind of monster season 
that he had a year ago, but he's still averaging 18 points a game. He scored 37 against Georgia. You guys did a very, very good job on him. He had only 12 points. He was 4 for 11. In fact, they put him on the bench for a, for a long duration of the game. But he's a guy that can get going. He can be a real flamethrower. Well, uh, Joe, in the first, um, I think, month of the season, Alondis Williams uh, from Wake Forest, who we're going to see on Saturday, and Michael DeVoe were two of the top scorers, not just in the ACC, but in the country. They were both averaging like 25 points a game early on. They, they've since dropped off a little bit, but Michael DeVoe can go off at 25 or 30 on any given night. He is a very hard matchup for any player because he has incredible change of speeds, change of direction, dribble moves. He also has an outstanding long-range long three-point shot ability, and he's great at getting fouled. He's got great assortment of layups. It can't be one guy. It's got to be our team defense. Cam can work hard. Uh, when Bensley switched on to him uh, at Georgia Tech, uh, he immediately took Bensley into the lane and just shot over him because he's six five and Bensley's only about six foot or six one. So he's got size, speed, quickness. He's got dribble skills, ball handling skills, shooting skills, and free throw. So he's got the whole package offensively. And then uh, two other guys uh, that played well in the first game, Usher and Moore. And what I noticed about their game, uh, I know you can discuss how they, they shoot and where they shoot it from, but they bring an element of intensity, Usher and, and Khalid Moore. You know, Khalid Moore uh, went to my high school. I saw him play a lot. He, he came and visited us unofficially with his mom, and um, he's just improved dramatically. Uh, he's gotten taller. He's gotten stronger. His offensive game fits very well with the Georgia Tech offense, meaning Georgia Tech does a lot of cutting. And they, they throw the ball to the elbow and cut to the basket. And uh, Khalid Moore is very, very good at that. He can drive to his right. He's a good offensive rebounder. And he's a very hard matchup for us because he can play the three, the four, and the five. He plays multiple positions at six, seven. Very ver versatile guy. And then Jordan Usher, my coaches have uh, named him the hardest-working player in the ACC. He runs so hard and, and takes the ball to the basket with a, um, a relentless approach. Uh, he's just in attack mode all the time, and he's having his best season shooting the three, shooting 36% from three. So it's not like he's just driving. He cuts, he plays at the elbow and drives it, he shoots the three, and he's probably the best at uh, converting a defensive rebound into a fast-break layup or dunk. Yeah. Uh, it is a home game, 7 o'clock on campus, Watsco Center, and recently you've had some great crowds. I know that you would love to see another big crowd there tomorrow to add some energy to help your team out here. 
Well, I, I, I want to just praise the students for coming out and supporting this team. Uh, we've set two uh, attendance records for students in the last two home games. And, you know, we, we'd love to end that one with a victory, Joe, you know. We've had, had uh, two tough losses at home. Uh, February has not been kind to us yet. Hopefully we can get that turned around. But there's no greater feeling as a player or as a coach to arrive on the court for game time and see the arena packed and see it packed with your fellow students. Students create the electricity in the arena. They cheer like crazy. They stand. They, 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 they create the noise and environment you want. And our students have done a, a great job. My staff and I, the players, want to thank them for that. And hopefully we'll have a great crowd again tomorrow night. Okay, we need to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk more with the University of Miami head coach Jim Laranega. There's a very interesting documentary on the ACC network that started two nights ago about the ACC tournament. Coach Yell has been in the ACC tournament as assistant and head coach. I want to get his thoughts on, on that and some other things in college basketball. Plus, this weekend, Miami takes on Wake Forest in Winston-Salem. We'll take a break. We'll come back with University of Miami head coach Jim Laranega. First, let me talk to you about Williamson Buick GMC. And when you talk about great basketball fans and great fans of the University of Miami, you are talking about Ed Williamson and, of course, his lovely wife, Carol. But if you have not seen some of the new GMCs at Williamson, here's a taste of what you are missing. You can choose from the GMC Yukon, which has been coined as the boldest, most impressive Yukon of all time. Or the GMC Sierra, which has made top-level engineering and capability the new rule, the golden rule. And then there's the 2022 GMC Canyon with its powerful and innovative features that are engineered and built for all of your adventures to come. 2022, the year of adventure. Do it with a GMC Canyon. Don't miss out any longer. Go online to WilliamsonAutomotiveGroup.com. And then it's easy. Take a visit to their state-of-the-art facility, easy to find, located US-1 and 104th Street, just south of the Palmetto Expressway. You will not find anybody that does a finer job with customer service than Williamson Buick GMC. I've known Ed Williamson and Carol for, I don't know, 35 years. You will never, ever be disappointed. Williamson Buick GMC, your premier luxury dealership. Williamson is Miami. Okay, welcome back to the show. Joe Zagacki, University of Miami head coach Jim Laranega. A look ahead on Saturday, Miami will play Wake Forest. That will be a 3 p.m. tip-off. We'll be on the air at 2.30 from Winston-Salem. Hurricanes head coach Jim Laranega is with us. Coach, on Monday, uh, Duke and Virginia battled out, battled the game, battled it out with Virginia winning at the buzzers we talked about earlier. I heard a lot of national discussion today about Bancaro, and I'm not asking you to coach someone else's player, but, boy, he got a lot of criticism nationally. I guess my question would be, if you've ever been around a player who has great has, has apparently great skills, but maybe one of them is not aggressiveness or assertiveness, how do you coach that into a player? Well, first of all, Joe, uh, 
they whoever is criticizing uh, Bancaro or any player in the ACC, that may be their job. That may be the way they feel like they have to to respond to, to circumstances uh, so they can get hits on social media uh, and, and create controversy and talk. All, all I know is there's not a college coach in the country that wouldn't want to have uh, Ben Carroll on their team. And what a great player he is. He's probably going to be either first, second, or third player chosen in the NBA draft, a one-and-done type guy. So, uh, if I if I were Ben Carroll, I wouldn't worry about anybody criticizing me. He's a pretty darn good player. Yeah, I think and he happens to be very young. Is that a, is that part of a, I guess sometimes as a coach you've got to convince a, a player of what he can be or what he is, right? I mean, some guys some guys can be great. They just don't maybe know it. Okay, so my best example for that is my personal experience with the most talented basketball player I've ever worked with. And I worked with him for four years. His name is Ralph Sampson. And when Ralph was a freshman, he worked very hard to shoot his jump shot, which was very, very good. But he was seven foot four and could dominate a game from the low post. And we were trying to get his game to be more complete. Now, today, Ralph would be a superstar shooting threes. But back then, there were no three-point shots. So we needed Ralph to dominate the inside. Now, the beauty of Ralph was he was so unselfish, so team-oriented, that if you double-teamed him, he wouldn't force up a shot. He'd throw it to the open man. If, if he found an open man, even in one-on-one coverage, he'd still find the open man. And he got criticized for that. They would say, oh, you should score more or what have you. No, we got a great team, and we had balance in our offense. We had Jeff Lamp. We had Lee Raker. We had a very, very talented team. And we won the NIT championship. We went to the Final Four the next year. We were ranked number one in the country. Ralph was the three-time national player of the year. And he was criticized for not shooting enough. So, I mean, I wouldn't worry too much about anybody who thinks they need to criticize a young man like Bancaro. You read my mind on Ralph Sampson. I have Ralph Sampson on my note right in front of me. And one of the reasons I had it down, and then I have Rick Carlisle, who you also had your Virginia team, is the ACC Network does have a, a documentary going on. It's uh, several parts about the ACC basketball tournament. And I was curious, now, we've been a part of that, and you've been a part of it the last 11 years and brought an ACC championship to the University of Miami. But the documentary starts back in the, uh, the, the 50s, you were a part of it in the 70s, late 70s uh, to the middle 80s. What do you remember about the competition and the great players of the ACC during that era? You had Samson, you had Rick Carlisle, Michael Jordan was in the league at the time. I think you uh, you guys played, maybe Michael Jordan knocked you out of the, the tournament. No, the Final Four, I guess, eventually it was. But that that's when the ACC was at the highest of the high, I think. Well, you got to go back in the history of college basketball. The ACC uh, was really the premier league 
starting with its inception, I think, what was it, 1953? I believe so, um, yes. So what ended up happening, the ACC was on television. Uh, I think they, they got the first real television package and, and national coverage. In the East, there were no leagues. Right? And, and so kids coming out of high school, and I'll I just give you an example. The guys I played with in high school, uh, South Carolina was in the ACC. So there was only eight schools. I don't know if people know that. There was only eight. You had Maryland. You had Virginia. You had your four Carolina schools, which was Duke, Carolina, uh, Wake Forest, and NC State. You had South Carolina and Clemson. Those were the original teams that played in the ACC. In my year, in my, in my high school career, on my team, Kevin Joyce played in the ACC and was an Olympian in 1972. Bob Carver was a teammate of mine. He went to South, South Carolina. Um, I had a number of friends go to South Carolina and play in the ACC. So the ACC was where everybody wanted to go. And, and it, it still is today, I think, still the premier basketball league, although, you know, the experts are saying no. But um, in the, in the uh, 60s, when I was in high school, I would follow the University of North Carolina because Frank McGuire had been the head coach of North Carolina and then became the head coach of South Carolina. And his assistant, Dean Smith, became the head coach of North Carolina. And those were the guys that recruited my teammates. So they, the ACC was very much a big part of my high school and college career. In fact, my last collegiate game in Madison Square Garden in the NIT was a loss to North Carolina, to the Tar Heels. That was my last college game. And on that team was, was uh, Billy Chamberlain, won the NIT Most Valuable Player Award, and Carolina won the NIT. But it, the history of this league is, has been tremendous. And uh, when I was in the ACC as an assistant coach for seven years, Ralph Sampson, James Worthy, Michael Jordan, Len Bias, Brad Doherty. You're talking about many of the top 50 players are all time were coming out of our league. So anybody that, that thinks Bancaro is not going to fall into that category is sadly mistaken. People often ask me, who's the best University of Miami football player I've ever seen? Is Michael Jordan the best college player you've had to coach against as a head coach or an assistant? Well, to coach against, uh, there's been so many. I coached against David Thompson, who was at NC State. He was fantastic. <laughs> I coached against Lenny Bias. He was amazing. You know, Michael Jordan, as, as good as he was, he was not nearly as good a college player as he was an, an NBA player. His game expanded completely once he got to the NBA and there was no zones and a lot of freedom to to utilize his athletic ability. In college, a lot of teams just packed in a zone against Carolina. 
and Michael was not known as a, a shooter. He was actually, his best part of his game was his turnaround jump shot. Like it became a huge part of his, his NBA game, that little turnaround jumper from the block. I heard it floated out there today by another ACC coach. Uh, the analytics, and we've talked about this before about the ACC, uh, the analytics, uh, we, we can look at the league and talk about the great coaches and great players. Uh, the league's getting hurt by some of these analytics. And it was floated out there that perhaps the ACC should look at the Big Ten challenge and push it to later in the year rather than December uh, because later in the year you've got a better handle of what your team is going to look look like in this new era of transfer portal and uh, guys getting extra years because of COVID and so forth and so on. Do you think that's a valid idea? Uh, for me personally, no. No. I, I, you know, if you if you put a lot of stock in the non-conference, and you you don't have enough time to develop your team through game competition. It's, it's one of the reasons why the ACC was so good for so long. We only played 16 conference games. And so you played 14 non-conference. And by the time you got to the league, you, you had all your ducks in a row. When you start out and, and the NCAA selection committee is saying, hey, you got to play great teams in, in the non-conference to prove yourself, well, those teams that are playing in weaker leagues, they go into their conference. They don't have the, the, the monster schedule that ACC teams do. So I don't, I don't agree with that. That's why I think the analytics are misleading. Um, but I, I, I still think anybody that has to face Virginia in the uh, NCAA tournament will find out how darn good they are. Yeah, yeah. I thought the, uh, the, the the league went to 20 games so they would have inventory for the network. I thought 20 games might be good, but I also see the downside of 20 games. It restricts your non-conference scheduling, um, and it kind of – I think that it does hurt the analytics inside the league because you start gobbling up each other. Well, what happens is – and, and th- this is why the analytics say the ACC is not as strong, uh, because when you lose a game in the non-conference, and I'm, I'm going to use this as an example, uh, when when we played Alabama, you know that's a that's a high-level team. Uh, at the time, they were top ten in the country. I'm getting ready for the ACC. If the only thing I'm trying to do is is win that game, I'm not playing them on the third third night of a four four night tournament. Right. You know, I mean, we played them on the fourth night at the third game. I mean, we're exhausted at that point. <laughs> we should have played a team like that when we got plenty of time to rest and prepare for them. And then when it says, "Oh, well, you lost badly," well, yeah, no kidding. But if we played them three days later with with time to prepare for them and some rest, it would have been a much different game. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, I also, uh, when the scheduling is so tricky, heard uh, heard you mention today, Virginia, for example, went to James Madison and lost. So that has hurt the league. I'm not sure, you know, that, that game 
Virginia's a different team today than they were when they went to James Madison. Well, do you think James Madison can go to Duke and win? No. Do you no. think Navy can go to Duke and win? No. No. Yeah. They, you know, Navy beat Virginia first game of the season. James Madison. I mean, those games, it's not that they're insignificant. You have to remember what the ACC is going through with all the new players that are coming in. 90, 92 uh, guys have gone to the NBA in the last five years from the ACC. Far, far more than any other conference. So that's, we lose a lot of talent. we got to replenish it. They call it reloading. Right? Well, to reload, you, you can't bring a player in and just expect him to play great immediately. He hasn't even learned your system yet. He doesn't know the offense yet. He doesn't know your defensive principles. It takes a while to learn that stuff. And that's what the non-conference was originally planned for. No, the 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 things that that uh, are upsetting, I think, to ACC coaches is if you lose a game like that, it, it says like, okay, you're no good, and that's that's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, um, your week will wrap up with a trip to Wake Forest. They've been really good this year. Probably an example again of inside the league of a team they've won six of their last seven. Uh, some people might look at that and go, well, it's not Duke and Carolina at the top. It's Wake Forest, but they put together a well of a team. This is going to be a tough, tough battle for you. You know, Joe, we've won at Carolina. We've won at, at uh, Duke. I think we've won at every place in the league except Wake Forest. We, I don't know how many games we've played there. We don't play them every year. So let's say half the time. We've, we've probably lost there five times. We're 0 for 5 or 0 for 6. And we would love to get a win at Wake Forest. But, as you said, I think they're playing great basketball. They're Alondis Williams, a transfer from Oklahoma. Again, he was averaging like 25 points a game. He, he's the leading scorer and leader in assist in the league. Well, you got to kind of get used to playing with him. And now that team is, is really solid. Everybody's playing very well together. And I think they're having an exceptional year. I think Steve Forbes has done a magnificent job. And uh, he's got those guys in a position not just to make the NCAA tournament, but depending on your matchups, uh, and everything is about matchups, uh, I think they, they, they could have a great run. All right, Coach, this has been another uh, great hour. It just flies by. And, again, uh, you're playing important games in February. So this is fun. College basketball in Coral Gables is fun. You've made it that way this year. Another big week with another uh, big game at home. All right, Joe. Thanks so much. Great talking with you. And go Canes. All right. That's University of Miami head coach Jim Laranega. Stay with us. We will continue on the show right after this. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? 
we make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.